You are listening to the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. I am going to have a guest on today, one of my blogging friends and real life friends, Pam of brownthumbmama.com is going to join me and we're going to talk about gardening in general and gardening with kids. It's a really perfect episode for right now. I definitely learned a lot from her and I've, I've always learned a lot from her and her blog and all of her gardening expertise. My name is Lisa, mom of six and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. Well, I am on today with Pam Farley from brownthumbmama.com. She is a friend that I've met in real life. I love saying that about internet people whenever I've met them in real life and I've actually met quite a few. Pam is both a gardener extraordinaire, or what do you say on your blog? Attempting garden or <laughs> natural, natural living, healthy eating, attempted gardening. Okay, because yeah, but you've probably gotten pretty good at it at this point, right? <laughs> some years work out great, and some years are some crops are terrible. You yeah, just, you just got to keep trying. That's probably how it is for almost every gardener. I know I was some last year I watched somebody take all of her seedlings that she nurtured and then this big like tornado came through. So (gasps) there's only so much you can control, but (laughs) I know I trust that uh, you've gotten this down by now, but also Pam is the owner of a comic book shop. I was telling my husband about that and he was right away like, found that so interesting and then he sent me this um little comic book gardening thing that he saw i'll have to send it to you (laughs) he was like that's awesome gardening and comic book store owner so he was impressed (laughs) (laughs) i love it so you said that your comic book store is currently closed of course are there any steps or do you know when that might be opening back up So the comic book store is closed. We're out here in California and we're hoping to reopen next month, but we have a comic book subscription box that we ship to kids all over the U.S. So that's kind of a separate department and it's called, yeah, it's called comiccrate.org. And so we have, we send comics to kids in Florida and New York and all over the Midwest, and so it's cool because it's, it gives our little brick-and-mortar store a reach that we couldn't ever have gotten otherwise. So that's right. been super and that's, fun. that's something that's really helpful during times like this, so you have that going on. And it gets on. kids reading, which is, the, which is the most important part. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I need to check that out. My kids would absolutely love that. So They would, yes. They would flip their lids. They would. They definitely would. So you are a mom also. You have a daughter who I know as Peanut, but I'm sure she has another name. <laughs> she has a real name, but Peanut's way more fun. Yeah. <laughs> and a teenage son who d- never comes right. out of his room very often. Okay. He, he just comes about... out to eat and then goes back in his room. <laughs> <laughs> I hear this about teenage boys, so we'll see. I have four boys, so yeah. <laughs> you know, I was I was worried that who, he would be a sullen, grumpy teenager, and he's just as sweet as ever. He just, you know, wants to spend more time with his friends. So yeah, that's normal it's, of kids. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a good, good egg. <laughs> good, good. How are you guys holding up through all of this? Have you started your? Well, you're in. Where you're in California? 
Are you in Sacramento? I'm in California. We're in, uh, yeah, we're in Sacramento zone nine. So I already, I'm already harvesting strawberries. I'm already (sighs) harvesting snow peas. Um, Yeah. You're, when do you start? Because like here, the non-cold weather things, so like tomatoes and those kind of things that can't handle frost, we can't plant that till typically... I've heard gardeners around here say after Mother's Day. Now, I already have mine in the ground, and that's just because I had them growing indoors, and I grew them too early, and so they were, like, growing into each other and tangling up and getting leggy. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to risk the frost, and it's actually, like, it was, like, a week ago I did that, and the whole 10-day shows no frost, so I should be good to go because that puts us into May. But we really shouldn't have planted yet. So when do you do that kind of stuff in Zone 9? So we have, let's see, my tomatoes are in, I, some years I start from seed, but you have to start the seeds for tomatoes and peppers in January. So I don't, I haven't wow. been doing that lately since I have kids, but my, my seedlings are in the ground for tomatoes. Um, I planted my garlic around Halloween, so it's already getting tall. It'll be ready to harvest in July. I have artichokes. I'm looking out the window in my front yard. I have artichokes in yeah, the front yard that are almost ready. There's all the stuff from seed I'm just now starting. So cucumbers. We're actually going to build a trellis for my cucumbers. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Cucumbers, zucchini, uh, melons, peppers, all that stuff. It is It is. 100% gardening time right now. I guess you, well, yeah, it's, it almost is here too. I guess you have a an element of gardening year round then. Or what's Correct. your low temp? So you probably don't have much frost really or? We, we have frost, but there's like my, my parsley and things will overwinter. I can do carrots all year long. Okay. Uh, broccoli and cauliflower, cabbage, that kind of thing. Because it doesn't, it doesn't snow. It, it hasn't snowed here since I was three. So, and you might have, you don't have probably frost every single night, but just no, yeah. definitely not. Right. So yeah, the stuff that I can probably start in March ish, you can keep or year round. So that's, yeah, I am assuming everybody around you would be a gardener. Like if I had that long of a growing season, right? <laughs> I know, but there's 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 so many lawns. Every, everywhere but my my neighborhood is an, it's really cool it's a working class neighborhood so people are um more open to not having a perfect lawn and it's it's cool because so my office is looks out over the front yard and the front yard has uh, vegetables in pots and I have a little bit of yard but I also have artichokes and you can it's fun because the lots of people are walking now because they're you know needing their exercise and and if they're out walking with like grandma or somebody, they'll, they'll stop. And you can see grandma pointing out the vegetables, you know, and like all different languages, you can hear them talking. Like the, the grandma will say, oh, you know, look, look, she has, you know, this house has artichokes growing here and I'm going to put some tall sunflowers. So the kids that are walking will get a kick out of that. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's, it's neat to see. You don't live on a farm per se. Do you just live on like, do you have like a half an acre or? I am on a regular, well, a track house. I'm on a track house in the city. Um, I can walk a quarter of a mile to a full-size grocery store. Like okay. I am, I am See, 100% awesome. in the city. Yeah. And, and yet you grow a lot of your own food. Cause I know a lot of people feel like they have to be on like a farm or a homestead or something to do stuff like this. And Oh, that's true. And well, and. And our, our, almost our entire backyard is swimming pool. So okay. 
So mostly just your front yard. Yeah, I don't have a big backyard to garden in like a lot of folks would assume. Yeah. Um, I have three raised beds in the back corner behind the swimming pool. And then the best sun is in the front yard, but we have a big giant tree. So I do, I do the artichokes and then the strip of yard that's right next to the sidewalk is, of course, the best with the best sun. <laughs> um, so that part, because the tree doesn't shade that part, so I usually do like pumpkins or butternut squash. Just right next to And they to just kind of grow right along the sidewalk. sidewalk. So you mm-hmm. just tucked garden in like every nook and cranny of your, yeah. Absolutely. Well. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and this is not one of those stuck-up neighborhoods where the neighbors grumble about, you know, oh, there's a flower out of place. So yeah. everybody's cool. Right. And I mean, that seems to be sort of the culture of California, right? Or am I wrong about that? It depends. Okay. Some of the, some of the more, I don't want to say, I guess, engineered neighborhoods, the, the ones that have the homeowners association and stuff, um, those people, those neighborhoods value uh, sameness and order and yeah. things like that. And our neighborhood is all different cultures and it's all different kinds of people. Um, and I figure, you know, the next door neighbor has those fake plastic deer in his front yard. So yeah, nobody's going to complain your, about your my artichokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have some resources on your blog and also in a course, I believe, or a book on gardening and gardening with kids. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I have a brand new ebook called Get Your Garden Started, Vegetable Gardening for the Beginningest Beginner. Ah, and <laughs> that is, yeah, it's for everybody who thinks they want to start a garden, but they there's a lot of questions that beginning gardeners have that nobody seems to answer because they think you know it. Things like, do you have to plant seeds right side up? And okay, what, yeah. what does full sun mean? Things that people might not, and the regular garden books think that you know things and there's no such thing as a dumb question this is if you've this never is, done it yeah it's yeah it's important to me I always tell the kids that the only dumb question is one that you don't ask because it's it's always better to ask and learn stuff than to just guess so the the things that we talk about in get your garden started is like how do you get your soil ready? Where, how do you figure out where to plant things? How, how much space do you need? You know, can you put a zucchini plant in a five gallon bucket from the hardware store? Can you, if you don't have a lot of water, if you have water restrictions, what kind of vegetables can you grow? Um, what kind of, you know, what bugs are good and what bugs are bad? How do you keep cats out of your garden bed? in the city that's a thing yeah for me. oh yeah no we had that issue at our last house and I, we lived on a quarter acre oh, but we had yeah, yeah. cats that wanted to use the corner of the garden as the litter box <laughs> yeah no. and i love i love the kitties but no this is not your personal bathroom kitty no and it's Darn not you mm-hmm. um another a question i had when i first started gardening and i remember asking my husband's grandpa because he was like the closest person to us that garden was how do i tell which ones are the seedlings and which ones are the le- uh, the weeds and he would laugh at me and now i it's get it true. Like, i know exactly what they all look like i can see <clears throat> what it is but at first like it all these little tiny green things how do you know which is which <laughs> yes oh my gosh so one of the things that i do is because every now and then you'll 
find your seedlings have just been like snipped off at ground level because a cutworm has gone and eaten them. Oh, okay. So when I plant a seed, I, I cut a toilet paper tube in half and I sink the tube halfway oh. into the ground. I put the seed in there and then I sprinkle some soil so the cutworms can't get to it. And then I know that that's an actual seedling that's inside a really the toilet good idea paper tube. In the beginning, they don't need sunlight. They just need water, right? I mean, like seedling. Like they need it once they It'll grow up. up. Yeah. But yeah, but they don't really need it until like mostly just soil and water at first. Correct. And so yeah. that's because I told Luke, like, that's one of the reasons I, the only reasons I like growing, not the only, but one of the only reasons I like growing seedlings indoors is that when you go to put them outside, you know where it is, you know what you have, a good yes. way to buy from the nursery. So that's a really good tip because I like starting seeds outside because they just, they do better. Mm-hmm. But I'm always, I always hate that I have to like, can't figure out where everything is. And now, like I said, I know what each thing looks like, but still it's hard to see, you know, wh- what you have where. Yeah. And when they sprout up, they're tiny. And, and then, you know, with, with my luck, a weed will grow right next to them. And then right. the weed you wins. To, and you have to play surgery, like do surgery, getting that <laughs> yes. out. So, <laughs> so we were going to zero in a little bit on gardening with kids in this yes. particular episode. So what are some of your top tips or what have you done to facilitate that interest in kids well most kids and it it depends but most kids love getting outside and playing in the dirt and a lot of the seeds that of things that kids will eat are big enough that they can physically plant them so things like peas or snow peas um, green beans usually um, our kids love cherry tomatoes and strawberries Cherry tomatoes, I would buy a seedling from the garden store, of course. But um, the even cucumbers, the seeds are big enough mm-hmm. that they can poke them into the ground. They can make a little sign. They, I've found that, like, even though the kids won't, like, if you set a plate of green beans in front of them at dinner, they might, you know, eh. but we've had years where we would grow green beans um, up a big trellis so that's pretty fun they can watch them grow tall and if you bring them out in the garden with you when it's time to pick and you nonchalantly start eating a green bean right off the plant they just might start eating a green bean right off the plant also yeah and then you're then they're you know just don't make a big deal about it just casually start eating or snow peas or cherry tomatoes or so they just start grazing through the garden and eating vegetables uh-huh. because they've had a hand in growing them. That's just the coolest thing. I agree. I have most of my kids really aren't picky, but I do have a seven year old boy who just he'd rather wait for anything that he sort of likes. You know, he'll like pick through and eat what he likes the best. Like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he's pickier. But whenever he goes out, he's the most interested in gardening also. And whenever he goes and picks a basket of something, he's right away interested in eating it. Like the, like Yay. last week we went and foraged mushrooms and he doesn't like mushrooms, but now he wants mushrooms on his pizza, you know, because we found it. But same with gardening, whenever they have a hand in it. That's awesome. Yeah. And they can, they, you don't need a lot of fancy equipment. Um, I recommend that, that gardeners have a watering can, a cobra head, which is a little a little hooked um, weeder, all-purpose garden tool, and that's you know, and maybe a good trowel that's that's made of steel and won't break. 
those are all things that kids can use. They get a kick out of watering things. Um, it's it's an activity that you can do together that you you don't have to you know stop them from you know there's no warnings there's no you know don't eat the dirt but it's it's depending not on who a, you talk to some <clears throat> people will tell you, you know, have you ever seen that Dr. Josh Axe book Eat Dirt it's like just kidding but yeah <laughs> oh Dr. Maybe they Axe yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it can't yeah it can't um even in the city, there's it's a good you safe know, activity. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly, and it's something you can all do together. And of course, if you can talk to grandma and grandpa about it, most grandparents have gardened and will get a kick out of talking about you know gardening by the signs or the sign you know signs of the moon kind of thing uh -huh. or what what's a plant when my grandpa used to tell me oh you know always plant your garlic around Halloween time plant and that's potatoes you grew up at, in, did you grow up in California. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you have, cause I've never heard plant like much of anything around that time. <laughs> Maybe that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And potatoes at, at, at St. Patrick's day. Okay. Yeah. That's when I've always heard too. That's when okay. yeah, plant, plant potatoes at St. Patrick's day. Um, so what do you recommend as far as tilling versus container gardening versus, um, raised beds, which is what we have going on at our house? Yeah, so a lot of that will depend on your situation. If you're in an apartment, then container gardening is the way to go. And you can grow tons of vegetables in containers. If you're, maybe you're renting and you don't want to do anything to the yard because you're not allowed to, again, containers or some some large, um, like the, the cattle waterers kind of turns into a oh, raised yeah. bed because it's so big. My next door neighbor, even though they they own their house, they just do a few containers in the front yard. They do tomatoes and basil because that's yeah. and that's perfect for them. Because even if you're just growing a few herbs in a pot on your windowsill, you're gonna save tons of money from buying it at the store, and it's going to taste so so much better because it's fresh. Well, haven't you heard? There's two things that money can't buy: true love and homegrown tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, I haven't. You can't find like homegrown tomatoes are different than store-bought tomatoes. And so I think everybody, you know, you have to grow tomatoes. You, yeah, you just, well, because the ones that are in the grocery stores have been specifically bred to not crush during shipping right. and things like that. And so, and they have to pick them a little earlier, a little bit yeah, before the they're green. ripe. Yeah. So yeah, if you can get your own tomatoes right out of the backyard it's it's a game changer like you people just don't even yeah I don't amazing. really even like tomatoes that much other than homegrown ones absolutely yeah even even things like cucumbers and carrots taste better uh-huh uh, it's I've I've grown jicama in the past which usually has to be imported from Mexico and boy, when you grow it yourself, it's like fresh and thing. crisp and oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And what about soil? Because I know like my sister, when they bought a subdivision house, they went and they tilled the ground and that year all of their tomatoes that were supposed to be like this, were. I'm, I'm making motions to Pam here about yes. <laughs> the size. They were supposed to be huge. They were tiny. And of course, over time they amended their soil, but I think with subdivision, a lot of times they sell off the topsoil 
And so like they didn't, they just did not have good soil. And what do you do over time to amend your soil to make it better? Or if you do a raised bed, what do you fill it with? Oh, that would be, I've had years like that. That's super frustrating. So the, there's a couple of ways you can go. Almost every county has a county extension office associated with a local university and you can actually have your soil tested. So if you want to just till up your soil and scoop up a scoop and send it to them, they can tell you what it needs. Or you can't ever go wrong with tilling in some home, homemade compost, and I teach about that on Brown Thumb Mama. Or you can just get some bags of compost or manure at the garden center and just till those in. You, you really can't over amend your soil with natural things. You can over chemically fertilize and I don't recommend using chemical fertilizers, but it's, it's darn near impossible to add too many good things to your soil. Yeah. And, and even if you start with good soil, cause I know when, where we lived before we just tilled a big plot in the backyard, we didn't put in any raised beds and it, the first, at least three or four years we had like amazing crop because it was a old house, like a hundred year old house. And like, nobody really ever did anything with the yard. So I don't know. Wow. It just, it was just good soil. It was but just then good, of course, yeah. over time, we never really did much to amend the soil. And I'm learning, you know, obviously now that you have to do something pretty much every year because the plants will take nutrients to ripen and grow. Yes. And I, we've lived here for 22 years now. And I had amazing crops in the beginning and I didn't add anything to my soil either. And then I kind of realized that, you know, like all my potatoes were the size of golf balls right. and, that, you know, something, something's wrong. So then I started adding things. I, I started a compost bin and I got some, a friend of mine brought a, a load of horse manure from his, from where he was learning to ride horses and let I let that compost down just adding different things in over time and then when we got the the new ish couple years ago raised beds then I used a 50 50 soil and compost mix from the we have a like a rock quarry one of those buy buy soil by the truckload kind uh -huh. of places yeah that's so. what we actually did this year we got, we, we built some raised beds and we get, did a um, combination. We got a truckload each of compost and topsoil. And so I know like this year will be good. And then we started a compost bin, which we hadn't done yet since we moved here. And we're just obviously throwing in all old, you know, veggie scraps and uh, coffee grinds. Luke's going to be throwing in some grass clippings and Perfect. maybe like ash. And, um, from when we do burn piles and leaves mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I guess we'll put that in by next year. One year we amended the soil. We went out to my parents' property and, uh, got a whole bunch of manure and I never had such bad weeds as I did that year. <gasps> I think oh, it might've, they like ate something certain. I don't know, but it was like the gnarliest year as far as weeds went. So I, I'm like... Mm, yeah, your compost now, even though that your was compost like, has to get really hot. If okay, you, yeah, that's the hard part. And my compost does not get hot enough to kill all the weeds. So, would you recommend like 
now? Because I always think of, I think of things at the wrong time of year. So maybe like now I should go gather manure for next year. You definitely wouldn't be able to use it right away because it would be too high and I believe it's nitrogen and it would burn your plants. Yes. Okay. So whenever you gather manure, you have to compost it down. I think we've um, done it in the fall that year, but like, I'm wondering about even thinking further ahead, you know, like sure. we're doing our compost bin, but we have a lot of raised beds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm like, that won't be enough to amend well, the soil. Well, you can do a, a three bin system. So you've okay. got the, the first bin is where you just throw in all the chunks of, you know, all the, the tops of the zucchinis and, and then as it breaks down a little bit, you fork it over to the next bin. And then, so there's more information about how to do that. On yeah, Brown we'll read Thumb up Mama. on that on your, on your blog. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave all the resources. I'll have you send me a list of ones that you want me to put down in the um, show notes. Oh, perfect. But yeah, I'll leave all this in the show notes because I'll want to read more on your composting because we've always done a composting pile, but I'm not ever sure we've done it properly. It's not terribly scientific. Okay. Just put in greens and browns. Don't put any carnivore poop in there. Yeah. It'll yeah. be okay. There's all kind of, I have a list of uh, 21 things you didn't know you could compost, like the shavings from your pencil sharpener and oh. like, just crazy stuff yeah. like that. If you cut if you cut everybody's hair at your house, you can put the hair in there. Oh, that's true. I never would have thought yeah. of that. It's, like, it's just... Kefir grains too. We end up with so many because I'm like milk. Oh, yeah. I make milk kefir all the time, and I always have just an overabundance. So that's another thing. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Good so, stuff. any other tips or takeaways you can think about for uh, gardening with kids? Definitely keep them involved. You can talk about the bugs that are in the garden kids love bugs you yes can, they sure do my kids are start they've been pulling all the worms out of our garden because they're oh. you know like put those back they're yes like, those are important collected. i'm like no no <laughs> <laughs> no the worms belong in the garden but um yeah ladybugs and we, we had one year where the aphids were so bad on the watermelons so we actually went to the garden center and bought a bag of ladybugs and released them oh and they just they kids just flipped they thought and that, that was so much fun take takes care of the aphids on like watermelon squash that's where you usually see those i feel like are we've had them bad before and we've, ladybugs yeah. are good for that ladybugs are one of the ways the the most effective way is to um wash them off with the hose first okay. thing in the morning yeah because the the adult ladybugs don't eat as many aphids as the ladybug babies do ladybug babies look like little like prehistoric dragon monster things huh, they're so cool <laughs> um they're really neat and they can eat aphids like nobody's business okay so, the adults, and of, of course, the adults will fly away, so that's not terribly helpful. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. You know, it's it's worth seven ninety nine to talk, you know, show your kids and release them and they... Talk about what they're the, going to do. Yeah. Exactly. And how we don't need to use pesticides. We can use... There's there's a bunch of natural ways you can get rid of aphids, which I also talk about on Brown Thumb okay. Mama. So... Yep. You don't have to... You don't have to use chemical fertilizers. You don't have to use chemical weed and bug killers. Awesome. Well, tell us more about your gardening resources that you have available. So there's tons of stuff on brownthumbmama.com. I have instructions on what you can plant each month. 
So, for example, the what um, the vegetables you can plant in May is coming up, and it'll go through the right what to plant in from seed, what to plant from seedlings, and what what varieties work best in different situations. Like if you're gardening in containers, there's certain varieties of zucchini that do better in a container. They're more compact. There's you can grow almost anything in a container, and so what I've done, so the gardening book is called Get Your Garden Started, and that is an introduction to gardening for the very beginningest gardener. And it's also part of a the ultimate vegetable gardener bundle, which the the bundle has Get Your Garden Started ebook, and it has planting charts that tell you what to plant every month for the entire United States. Oh, cool. So. Yeah, so no matter where you live, um, or I've had some, some military families say, oh my gosh, no matter where we get stationed, I just look in my book and I know, oh, there you, you go, know, yeah. I, now I know what to plant this month. I'm in a totally different area than I was last, you know, last year. So the bundle has Get Your Garden Started, the Vegetable Garden Planting Schedules, um, Zones 3 through 10, so anywhere you live in the lower 48, you're covered. Also, my composting, introduction to composting booklet, and then a freebie of vegetable garden companion plants. Because just like people, some plants get along better together than others, and some plants should be kept apart. So it's like a little <laughs> reference sheet that I helps look you at know. That. It's, there's some things that, that will not grow well together, like you don't plant potatoes and tomatoes together. Okay. You, but you do plant strawberries and chives together. So it's fascinating. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. And I know I do know that certain ones maybe deter certain things that will target. And so you would, like that would target something else. You would plant the thing that deters it next to it. Some yes, of that yes. goes on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, there's there's lots of neat things. Like there, there will be bugs in other places in the garden, but there's no bugs on the garlic plants. <laughs> Because nobody, nobody wants to take a bite out of the garlic leaves. All the bugs are like, oh, I'm staying away from those. This year I just planted the garlic in a, in a block, so a, like a three foot by three foot block. But in prior years, I tried garlic and onions are both pretty repellent. And so I, would, I planted a, like a zucchini plant and then I did like a little fort of garlic plants around it <laughs> just to see if it would work. Um, but you harvest the garlic in July and the zucchini is just kind of just getting going. So it didn't really work. But I've been experimenting in the backyard garden for 20 years. So I've got lots of advice to share. This is something that obviously people have been doing for ever exactly. to survive. Yes. So we have age old wisdom to pull from. Exactly. Awesome. Well, I'm going to leave all of the resources we've talked about from Pam down in the show notes so that you can check them out and hopefully get your garden going this year and get your hands dirty with your kids, get them involved in the process of growing your own food. And maybe you'll find that picky eaters will be eating some vegetables. Yay. 
Yay. <laughs> That's a win. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Pam, for joining me on here. I really, truly appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Again, I will leave all of these resources from Pam down in the show notes. And I hope that you're able to get out in the sun and get gardening. This week is a perfect time to get started. As always, thanks so much for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. Thank you.